to all and welcome to our second episode of Governing the Heartland. We're really excited you guys uh, came back for the second episode or are joining for the first time. Today we're going to talk to two different people about a lot of different things. These conversations I had with our guests really ranged through several different issues and several different ideas. So that being said, when I thought about what to say in this intro about the focus of the episode, what really came to mind was my conversations about um, voter turnout and how important it is to actually vote in elections. And Kansas City historically isn't great at this. In the most recent presidential election in 2020, Jackson County reported only a 60% voter turnout. That's it. Six out of 10 in a presidential election year. The stats for just local elections are even lower. So I encourage you guys to really listen to these conversations. And, um, you know, hopefully as we see more elections come out, this podcast will encourage you to get out there and vote as well as keep up with your local community politics. So that being said, I'll go ahead and kick us off. Our first guest is Michael Papa. He is the executive director of the Mainstream Coalition. They're a nonprofit that works in on the Kansas side and does a lot of work in local politics from fundraising to, you know, they have, an, they have a PAC as well. Um, and one of the things I love the most about them is that they have a weekly newsletter that gives lots of up-to-date information and really delves deep on different issues you might not be aware of, but affect you day to day. So we'll go ahead and turn to Michael now. First, I want to say thanks so much for uh, taking the time to uh, have me on your show. I really appreciate it. Um, so let's see. Uh, I started uh, back in 2014 in my accidental activism. Uh, then I was a local chapter chair of Equality Kansas, and that's when I was first introduced to mainstream. Uh, they were part of a coalition of uh, residents and other uh, advocacy organizations and community organizations that helped to champion to passage the first city non-discrimination ordinance in Johnson County. And that's in my, uh, my hometown where I live now in Roland Park. And so I was really engaged in the community and I wanted to protect the, uh, the non-discrimination ordinance. So I decided pretty quickly to uh, run for council in Roland Park and in a very highly contested race. Uh, I won by four votes in the final canvas Wow! and ended up serving. Yeah, it was it was a tight race. Ended up serving from uh, April 2015 through December of 2019 and really enjoyed my time on council. Uh, I've been with the Northeast Johnson County Chamber of Commerce and then in uh, January of last year of 2020, 2020, one of the best times to start a new position, by the way, <laughs> put that on record. Um, I joined the mainstream team as executive director and I have been um, enjoying uh, every minute of it. And so um, mainstream, you asked, you asked what mainstream is. Um, you know, I think that's always good for people to get kind of a snapshot from the leadership itself on your work. Sure. So uh, Mainstream Coalition was founded in 1993 uh, with the mission of guarding against ideological extremism and protecting the separation of church and state. So over the years, our body of work has grown exponentially, as you can imagine. And today, uh, we're actually comprised of three affiliate nonpartisan organizations, Mainstream Coalition, which is our parent org, uh, the Voter Network, and Main PAC. And each of our affiliates has its own uh, mission, but we work in tandem to realize our shared vision of a Kansas political system that represents all of its constituents. 
that's perfect. You know, that's one of the best elevator pitches I've heard. And I, I work in fundraising in my in my day job. They're kind of an overarching thing that you would want listeners and people that, you know, to kind of start to tap into local politics about. Every year um, in the legislature during session, there's an attack on education, on LGBTQ community, and they try to pass legislation that includes uh, giveaways to corporations and top earners in our state. Right. Well, this year has been no different, but they've also attacked voting rights. So I think there's so much information out there, so many things to uh, be watching. But uh, as of this recording, there are four bills on the governor's desk that we're watching closely. Um, Two of those are voter suppression bills. And as you know, there's claims of fraud and abuse nationwide, also here in Kansas, and they've all proven largely unfounded. Uh, The Kansas Secretary of State has uh, also come out and testified to that. But rather than protecting our fundamental right to vote, the majority party in the Kansas legislature is perpetuating the false narrative of voter fraud, and they're attempting to disenfranchise voters, basically just making it more difficult to vote. So quickly, two bills uh, that made it to the governor's desk, uh, the more egregious of the two, HB 2183, uh, it would make it a misdemeanor to assist more than 10 people with submitting advanced ballots. Um, And it would be a penalty of as much as six months in jail uh, for just helping voters carry out their civic duty. Wow. Um, Yeah, it's it's quite ridiculous. And there's so many unintended, first of all, it's bad legislation, but uh, there's so many unintended consequences um, that come with this. So how many people are going to accidentally break the law and, and who is going to enforce this? Any enforcement would be onerous on the election officials and those workers. And they already do a stellar job of running our elections as we uh, witnessed this past election cycle. Um, it also has a provision that makes it a felony um, to cause someone to believe that you are an election official. That sounds good on face value, right? But it's extremely broad definition. So Basically, it would criminalize the work of voter advocacy groups like the Voter Network, League of Women Voters, Loud Light, or any person, just individual person who helps someone register to vote if that person believes that you're acting as as an election official. So it's ridiculously broad, and this is just a really horrible piece of legislation. uh, As I mentioned, it's uh, sitting on the governor's desk right now, and we do hope that she'll veto that. Um, If I could just interject with a quick question, because honestly, I'm not an expert either in in a lot of different things in the way in the way that you are kind of within this political sphere. Um, So when you talk about bills like that, you know. Was there anything that we as citizens could have done to prevent that from getting so far? Or is it really within the realms of like we need to pay attention to who we're electing on the local level, you know, like. Once they're in the, you know, I, I guess I know the way, of, uh, you know, my general knowledge is a bill on Capitol Hill um, from Schoolhouse Rock. Right. Um, but I mean, when I think about that in the context of what most people know about government, like kind of the intricacies of passing different laws and bills like that, I definitely think it lost on an average constituent. Um, so, you know, when you think about just, as you said, egregious things that happen like that, you know, is there anything that we as citizens could have done to prevent this from getting there? Well, you, you, you said it. It's paying attention to who we are uh, electing on the local level, uh, because most 
I don't want to say most, but a lot of the local uh, elected officials move their way up to uh, county election, elected official positions, then state, and, and you know sometimes at the federal level. So it's just every single person on that ballot, on your ballot, make sure you know who they are and what they stand for. Um, and that is the number one way to uh, to stop uh, harmful bills like this passing. Now, once you know, once we're in the session, it's putting pressure and contacting your legislators, um, letting them know personal stories, and uh, talking to them about why uh, this legislation would be harmful. And I'd be remiss if I didn't mention on the flip side, if a legislature, if a legislator is you know, actually supporting and passing good legislation, uh, reach out to them and thank them as well. So mm-hmm. it's, it's, you know, have having access to your elected officials. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's you mentioned, oh. sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, you mentioned the local level. So um, it is especially important at the local level. I don't think people understand how easy it is um, to reach out to your elected representative mm-hmm. for, mm-hmm. Uh, you know, your district. Those are the people that you see at the grocery store, right? <laughs> in restaurants exactly. in your city. Oh. Right. And, and most of the time, uh, they are running because of an issue in the community. And so, you know, you'll have uh, people that can rally around that and understand, you know, your, your local elected official, your city elected official will understand or should understand how that impacts you. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have something called ksballot.org. And so that will go live after the filing deadline. And you can put in your address and you can research. It'll it'll pop up um, a sample ballot for you of who's running, who's on your specific ballot based on your address. And it has a wealth of information um, about those candidates. It's all nonpartisan, but it's a really great resource to, um, you know, just to find out more. It's It's you know, I am really passionate about trying to make local politics a little more cool. Um, <laughs> uh, I think that we get so just enraged at federal politics and kind of miss the step that um, we have we have such close connections with the issues that are really affecting us day to day. So I appreciate all the work that you do in that space and Thanks for kind of walking us through some of the bills that you're uh, most worried about. And um, we'll definitely pass along in writing um, to any listeners that suggestion of, you know, being able to really look at your ballot and, you know, putting all of the information in one place. The original bill did not get out of committee. This was a gut and go. What's a gut and go? On the floor. So basically they took a, an education bill, right? A separate education bill uh, called SB 55. They took everything out of it and they inserted the language from SB 208, which was the uh, previous, quote unquote, Fairness in Women's Sports Act that discriminates against trans girls and women solely for who they are. So, yeah, yeah, SB 55 came to the floor, one bill, it left a completely different bill. In an effort to, you know, keep any of our listeners from getting too, too sad. Um, sure, sure, sure. I think that I just want to go back to, you know, it really matters who we elect it because, you know, what's happening on the floor, you know, we are as a nation, not 
I mean, we're, I don't want to say it. And now I'm like, I'm going to get booted off this podcast as the host, but you know, it's not a core democracy. It's a republic. You know, you elect people that are making decisions for you. You know, they're the ones on the floor. They're the ones changing those bills. So I just, I completely concur with you that it's really important that people look into who they're electing and really think about it. Exactly. The stats and voting on local in local elections are not good. They're horrible. They're horrible. And what's interesting is I, one of the reasons why I wanted to get involved with this podcast, um, we really saw such an uptick in youth showing up for the federal election. It's the largest youth turnout in the history of our country. Mm -hmm. So I just have this, I have this kind of desire for my generation, you know, millennials to realize how much closer you are to your actual local and your vote. I mean, listening to your story about four votes, Right. <laughs> Which was unheard of then. We had, and now at the state level, this past election, we had um, a few candidates win by five, seven, ten votes. So it was, you know, but that was a presidential election year, a highly, highly uh, contended election. I think if I had one thing to leave uh, listeners today, it would be please get involved in your city, in your community. That's the first place to start. Um, Find out who the candidates are. Get on a committee uh, with your local government. Go to meetings if you can and run for office. Uh, if you want to see change, if you want to see equitable re representation, people that look like you on that dais in that governing body, run for office. Ooh, so that was Michael. Obviously, wanna, we want to thank him. Um, for coming on. Obviously, such a wealth of knowledge there. And I hope his comments at the end, you know, inspired someone to run for office because it is so important in your local community. Next up, we're going to hear from Steve Fitzgerald. He is a member of the Kansas City, Missouri community. And we'll see what he has to say about the issues facing Kansas City right now. And it's, it's, it's good to, uh, good to talk to you today. And, and uh, it's, it's just somebody asking, well, my opinions are is great. It's, <laughs> it's true. Yeah, I might hear if I'm talking at the, on the at the bar stool at Kelly's, and uh, a lot of people aren't really listening. So it's <laughs> it's just really nice to have somebody somebody here. So, uh, uh, well, again, my name's Steve Fitzgerald, and I I grew up in Kansas City. Um, have left it several times. Uh, worked overseas for a number of years. Uh, worked in Memphis for a uh, couple of years too. Um, so I've seen other cities and other places, and uh, uh, it's just I, I I have a love for Kansas City. It's a great town, and and uh, really like being here. Um, I currently work for Environmental Works, which is a environmental consulting firm, and I work with a lot of cities uh, around in the area as far as their um, water and wastewater plants. Uh, we do a lot of maintenance work. We do significant amount of maintenance work for uh, both the city of Kansas City, city of Independence, Water One, which is the Johnson County um, Water Department. So that's kind of what I'm doing. Yeah, that's so interesting to hear about, you know, environment and um, obviously that's a pressing issue of our time. Um that kind of, you know, leads me into one of a, a good starter question, which is just, you know, as you look at your personal experience and professional experience, like what are some issues that you see as um, the biggest issues facing our community in Kansas City? 
Well, one of the things that I was thinking about is the coming out of the pandemic, I think that we're going to be getting a lot of folks coming out of high schools that just are not prepared for the the modern work place. Uh, I know that uh, you, you've done a, a podcast on education already, but I uh, just wanted to reiterate that, that, you know, these kids have basically lost a year, especially seniors now. I mean, that mm-hmm. for the most part, the Kansas City School District hasn't been in session until a couple of weeks ago. Uh, live, I mean, it's been online, and that's just a very difficult situation for a lot of students. Not all students. Some students thrive with the online learning, but others, it really, it's taken its toll. Mm. So these folks are coming out in the workplace at some point uh, and have to, in, in my work, we hire a lot of a lot of folks with high school degree diplomas, but you have to have a high level of critical thinking, a uh, high level of being able to read, reading comprehension and, and following instructions and that whole you know, the whole gamut of job skills. And that's, it's going to be a little bit tougher for this group coming out. And uh, it seems to tie in with, in Kansas City, as long as we have good education that, you know, uh, it ties in with getting better uh, companies coming in, looking for Kansas City uh, uh, employees. And if we're above and beyond other cities, then we have a better chance of getting better jobs, better paying jobs. And that's kind of one of the things I've seen. Yeah, that's so interesting. And, you know, the way you describe it, I think of, you know, this thread that runs through so many different things that a lot of us don't think about, right? You know, like, well, better students, you know, better work, better opportunities, more companies coming in, you know, there's there's kind of that thread that runs through all of, the, all of those different pieces that's sometimes really hard to connect, um, you know, when you're just looking at the picture overall. Um, and I think it's interesting you bring up, yeah, virtual learning. I, I can't imagine what it would be like to be a high school senior. I mean, my sister, my little sister was graduating from Notre Dame in, you know, last year in 2020. And, um, you know, from the things they've missed that are emotional to the lack of opportunities in the job force. You know, I, I can't imagine. I feel very lucky to have been in my 20s. All I lost was a year of sitting on bar stools at Kelly's. <laughs> <laughs> um, but thank you for sharing that, you know, something that you see as a big um, or as an up and coming issue in Kansas yeah. City. Um, my next question is is along the lines of, you know, do you, do you personally, you know, fo- follow local politics, you know, as a business person and a member of the community in Kansas City? You know, I, I do. However, mm-hmm. you know, I I graduated from KU with a degree in political science and then worked. Really? Some, yeah. And did That's some political campaigns afterwards. So I was very vested. Oh, cool. In, it was great. However, you know, as you get busy in this time of my life with mm-hmm. kids and work and mm-hmm. I, I, I do keep up on it. I keep up on the best I can. However, it's very difficult for me to form really in-depth opinions with that are well-researched now versus later and becomes particularly difficult because I feel like the media environment, I just don't know what to trust sometimes. Um, mm-hmm. the, the, what I'm getting. And like you said, the Kansas City Star's got one local reporter, you know, yeah. what, how am I going to get my information? You know? 
Yeah. You know, when you think about your life and the things that, you know, your busy day, what is something that you wish maybe like local governments and local politics focused more on? Or is there anything that comes to mind that you're like, wow, I really wish politicians paid attention to this problem that I see every day? Well, you know, where, where local government touches us is, is uh, roads, you know, affordable water, picking up the trash, you know, mm. just those things. And, it's, and it just seems like though they're in Kansas City, they've, they're working on the sewer, uh, the sewers locally. It's a $2 billion project for the next 10, 20 years to work over the sewer system. And uh, which is great. It's moving it forward. And, and, you know, we, we're seeing the cost of that uh, in our bill every month now too, but uh, that's good. But there's other pieces of infrastructure that, uh, that probably need to some improvement or at least the, the maintenance of it has to improve. So, for example, I know at the Kansas City, Missouri water, we have one water treatment plant in Kansas City, and it produces award-winning water, significant amounts of award-winning water. It's the, one of the best in the country. However, it's 100 years old. So at some point, you're going to have to put another one somewhere. And I don't think anybody's thinking of that, really. I don't think mm-hmm. that's, a, that's not on the front burner because it, the one we have works great. Mm-hmm. However, it's the maintenance cost on that will continue to increase. And, uh, uh, that's another thing that might I'd like people to at least to start looking at. that. Yeah, that's a great point. Is there anything that you want to share that you feel like you didn't get the chance to, or anything, you know, you want to say about the community or local politics in general? Sure. So, you know, Kansas city is a great town. And for the most part the, those, you know, you look at some of the indicators of what is a vibrant town, and they'd be things like um, uh, uh, unemployment rate, which is pretty good. The, the you know, our, we have affordable housing. It's easy to get around town. But I think you just got to continue to progress on those things. Things that are falling apart is crime is getting tough in specific areas. Mm. And again, education is always kind of one that, although getting better, is still, we're still behind on, and, and I speak specifically to, the Kansas City, Missouri School District, and there's a couple others, but um, those we need to see improve. Thank you so much to Steve for joining. I think it's clear his love for the Kansas City community is really deep and strong. Um, as I look to kind of wrap up the episode, I did want to add that during the editing process, the bills that Michael mentioned in his interview were all vetoed by Governor Laura Kelly. So I think we covered a lot in this episode too, but one of the biggest takeaways is, you know, it's hard to pay attention to local politics. It's hard, you know, you're constantly inundated with news. Um, And that's why it really matters who you elect. So, you know, when we'll be covering local elections in the area when they happen um, to make you guys aware, but it's, it's really important to think about who you're putting into the positions of power that have control in your community. So that being said, thank you guys again so much for listening this go round. And if you ever have any questions that want to be featured or just want to get in touch with us, you can always send us an email at governingtheheartland@gmail.com. at gmail.com. Thanks all.